Pints and Pies podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Pies podcast. Tights and Pies. I don't know if today gets a song. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. No song. You know why. You know who did this. <laughs> Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm Hal, tough enough stuffing Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, Dressel Kingdom Danielle Radford. Yeah, that's fair. That feels right. And New Year's Lynn's evil, Lindsay Kelk. I, I'll take it. I'll t- I am a natural heel. It's facts is facts. Yeah. <laughs> hey, happy 2021, everyone. <laughs> Sure, glad we made it out of 2020. What a terrible year that was. 2021, just look it up. Ask Tommy Lasorda. I hope you're all continuing to remain safe and watch as much wrestling as your sanity allows you to. As it turns out, there were tons of shows to get into, of course. Let's start with NXT's New Year's Evil. Boy, I'll tell you, can we just cancel every other wrestling except for NXT on American television? That seems fine to me. That, imagine if it was just two hours of really great wrestling. Because you could have like 10 to 12 hours of wrestling, or you could just yeah. have two really great hours of brilliant wrestling and storytelling and performances uh, that tick all of your emotional wants and needs. And that would be okay. But Lindsay, who will sell us lugs if we can't have 40 That's hours true. of television That's a week? That's true. How will we know where to get the lugs? That's true. Hardcore. That's how need, I should have started it. Do do more. <laughs> I do need more than one eugenics commercial a week. So you're right. Yeah. You're right. I'll take, I take it back. <laughs> what would we do without that guy from the And One t-shirts wearing working boots and stomping on the camera? How will we know where he is and if he's okay? Lugs, <laughs> man, are you all right? I One worry. assumes he'd be at the Capitol. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I you'd mean, find him. Yeah. You'd find him eventually. You'd see him yeah, on, by Instagram. The way, that be sh- on Instagram. <laughs> that shit heel had his lugs right up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. Woof. Is Woof. he in jail yet? Did we get the yard arm ready? I don't I, know. I don't Let's think find he out. is yet, but I can't wait until he is. And I hope they put him on display like Hannibal Lecter so we can all go around and hit him on the nose with a newspaper, except the newspaper is an extremely large and heavy stick. Anyway, sorry. Didn't David Blaine do that in 2002? <laughs> is he still there? I, I think know. it was right after he made the Statue of Liberty disappear. Mm-hmm. Oh, David Blaine. <laughs> Simpler with times. With Nicolas Cage's help. <laughs> with Nicolas Cage's help, yes. You have to steal the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Somebody photoshopped, among all the people, the Capitol building, uh, Nicolas Cage in the background carrying the Declaration <laughs> of Independence. We have to joke or we'll cry. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Folks, for those of you at home, you're listening to a coping mechanism happening in real time. <laughs> Enjoy this and record it in your minds. Let's talk about the NXT card. It's not listed here, but... I even want to. I even enjoyed Austin Theory overselling a tank shot to the nuts. So beautiful. <laughs> that. <laughs> oh, The whole, the whole, the way segment with, and then the match that followed with Shotzi and um, Kushida, to Mm -hmm. me, 
was everything that Vince is trying to achieve with wrestling mm-hmm. in one package with presumably minimal, if any, Vince involvement. But that whole segment where it's like you've got comedy, you've got heels, you've got faces, you've got great wrestling, you've got brilliant storytelling, mm-hmm. you just felt all of your feelings for that whole segment. Everyone in it was mm-hmm. doing their absolute best. Everyone's chemistry, I thought, was brilliant. And it set up storylines. It was hilarious. I think Indy Hartwell and Austin Theory play the most incredible roles right now. Like, mm-hmm. you believe them as they're, like, annoying teenage kids. You know? You, you're like, they fit yeah. so well. Yeah. Candice and Johnny are just excelling, just doing the absolute best. And then Shotzi and Kushida were the perfect foils. They didn't overplay their hand, but they were very much the virtuous valiant baby faces who came in to kick their ass uh and it just was it was the only thing that made me sad about that match was it could have gone longer like i could when he did the roll-up i'm like it could take another couple of minutes give me more minutes but i just thought it was perfect wrestling i loved it yeah Uh, it uh oh (laughs) so good i also want to talk about zia lee who was like has been repackaged like we barely saw her in the May Young Classic. Mm-hmm. She kind of disappeared for a while, and for the best, because now, like they built her into a main eventer in almost no time. Yeah, almost no time at all. It's not hard. It's it's, am- my... it's amazing. I thought it was brilliant. Kudos. The packaging, everything is perfect. Who do you think is in the chair? There's rumors, right? There's rumors. So mm-hmm. I. Don't like to speculate until that rumor is proven. Um, and yet. <laughs> yeah, because well, they could change it. You know, this is WWE. They'll be like, it's this person. And then they're like, no, it's not. Not anymore. Yeah. Um, oh, everyone liked that idea? That's no longer yeah, the idea. Yeah, let's get now, rid of that one. It worked. It's yeah, the gobbledygooker. <laughs> I would love it if it was. Um, but I'm really excited for it. And yeah, I'm super pumped for Zaya, given that her last storyline was that you suck like you broke Aaliyah's nose and now you suck um Mm -hmm. but I thought every vignette they did with them training I thought it was perfectly paced you know we saw them get taken we saw them crying we saw them get beaten then the next time we saw them they would like carved out of just fucking marble Mm -hmm. Uh, and now she's gonna come and kick your face off I don't I never hate that I never hate when a lady comes in to kick your head off it's one of my favorite mm-hmm. things. It was a good kicking show. I will say that. Strong this, kicking. Uh, if you if you like kicking, this NXT was for you. Everyone yeah. missed the Rockettes this year. So <laughs> WWE is, has got you hooked up. It's like Vince said, why would you ever watch anything else? WWE gives you everything. He even gave you the Rockettes. What That's a right. champ. He gave them to you in the first WrestleMania, and now he brought you <laughs> kicking in the style of the Rockettes. What a guy. Uh, speaking of, of ladies kicking, Raquel Gonzalez beat Rhea Ripley in what is ostensibly <sighs> Rhea Ripley's last NXT match. She goes out on her back through a stage after using her back to break a table. This is the exact amount of brutal that I like. When I talk about like, because I, I do, I feel like I'm always ta- I'm always saying, you know, less blood, less gore, blah, blah, blah. I'm old, I'm squeamish, yada. This is the perfect amount of brutal because I felt it in like every single, like every hit, every kick, um, every time someone got thrown into the locker like Screech, I felt it in my bones. Um, 
the glass breaking, you know, uh, uh, the table breaking, all of these spots, you you feel them and it feels brutal without feeling, um, I can't think of words. What's that word for when something is like gratuitous? So it's not overdo. gratuitous. Thank you. It's not gratuitous. Yeah. I'm literally um, so proud. I knew words. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's just tuitous. It's not gratuitous. It's just tuitous. And I like it that way. Like that. A fantastic match. A pluses all around. Can't speak enough I mean, for how great they both were. The fact that mm-hmm. they managed to find a moment to shove Dakota in a locker in the middle yes. of the brutality. And this is why the brutality works, because it was so balanced. And I think that was what was so great about this week's NXT. Every match was balanced perfectly. Nothing was too much of one thing. Oh, the only thing that makes me sad about this is that we won't get to see them wrestle again. Like, I love the Rhea-Raquel rivalry. It's just so good. I would love to have Raquel pop up in the Rumble and maybe they could have their last face-off inside the Women's Rumble. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I I find it hard. I find it very hard to believe. That this is the last time the two of them will face I one know, Maybe in NXT for I a mean. while. I know, I know. I also, I love the spot where Raquel is, is handcuffed to the fence and just tears the floor. Just, the oh, fence. my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you kidding? And then starts beating her with the fence? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I hit exactly you with fence. You, yeah. Yeah. When and they, it, and it, there wasn't, like, a lot of bleeding. Like, there, there no. might have been. No, it was perfect. It was just a but woman getting beat with a fence. Every time, every time I see a handcuff spot, it's either go, it either has to backfire, or, but some at a certain point somebody has to get out of the handcuffs. Yeah, and I'm like, is this going to be a key thing where she brought a key? I guess that's okay. And then she rips her hand free and then uses the fence to beat Rhea Ripley. It's it's I always thought, yeah, I don't want to be a dick ever. But every time you see innovation like that now, it's in a women's match. It's Sasha in a Hell in a Cell, or it's the women's war game with Io in a trash can jumping into someone. Like, I feel like where we see the most innovation right now is in NXT women's matches. Like, they're so good. Yeah, that's not being a dick. That's just being real. And we got emotion because we got that great moment of Raquel saying, oh, I fooled you. I've been fooling you for years. Like, I was never your buddy. And Rhea sold it so well and I was like you hurt Rhea you have to die now yeah. um, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm sorry I don't make the rules those are the rules she can either die um, or have the championship like they're my two there are two choices you either have yeah. to die or you have to take the belt <laughs> I I'm sorry this is how it is uh, now I can't wait to boo her for the rest of my life oh so good <laughs> I also want to give Santos Escobar and Grand Metalik a shout out for their cruiserweight match it was really really good I think that title, as much as they've featured, they featured it more than than the main roster brands ever did, and more than the than even the cruiserweight show did. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> they yeah, did. Boy. But he's doing really good work. Grand Metalik is also is always great. Mm-hmm. It's just nice to see that title get a little shine. Mm. And they're great workers. Like they're they're doing exactly what cruiserweight champions should do. So. Uh, to quote my husband directly, it's flippy shit, and he loves flippy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you also believe both of them could murder people if they really wanted to. So I enjoyed that. I enjoyed everything. I even enjoyed yeah. Damien Priest carrying cross. I thought it was smart to get that out of the yeah. way. Yeah, it's like it's let's do fight. that. Let's have it open with something big and be like, this is you guys back. He's gonna kill this guy, and it's like, yeah, do that. Why do- I feel like I would cool. really enjoy going on a double date with with Karrion Cross and um, Scarlet and Scarlet. 
who are real they're not real life married but they're real life couple they're real life right? couple yeah yeah i feel like it Good, you would... be kissing on him too much for if, if he had a girlfriend yeah i feel like you would start excited. out with like it would be a bit awkward in the beginning because they might mm-hmm. be a li- you might be a little bit intimidated by them at the beginning of the date and they would probably try too hard to let you take the lead like be like no where do you want to go like we'll go wherever you want to go and you'd be like oh this is weird but then by the end of the night you would all be at karaoke with your arms around each other singing show tunes that's how i feel if i went out with them i feel like i would be okay having dinner in an applebee's that's how much i think i would enjoy boneless wings for how time with them and he comes in jeans but she comes in that full-on black widow gear yeah yeah Uh she wears that all the time her closet is just bed. a row of those on hangers. Wouldn't you be yeah. devastated yeah. if you just saw her in like Lululemons? I'd be so sad. I know it exists. I know it does, but yeah. I don't it, care to. It's the only time where I'm like, no kayfabe, bad. <laughs> yes. Stay with kayfabe. Yes. No break uh, all I want. It, it's not easy to get in and out that latex. Like she must have stocks in baby powder. So I just say, stay in it, babes. Stay in it. She'd be fine. She's like Ross and friends. she has made paste pants she has at some point earlier in her career while she was figuring this out made a pair of paste pants Mm -hmm. the paste has become the powder became a paste we haven't even talked about Finn and Kyle that's the main event (laughs) it's such a good show that like (laughs) I mean it's uh, like listen in a show full of perfect matches this is a perfect match perfect psychology it was enjoyable from start to finish it made sense and it it makes me want a third i really want kyle o'reilly to win that belt i I know i didn't but now i'm like no let him have it let him let him have it for a minute let him take it home for the weekend bring it back to class on monday like oh like a class hamster (laughs) yeah Yeah. just for a minute like let him have it for a week i don't know (laughs) just give that poor baby something we had a class lizard in second grade and i don't know who whose turn it was to watch the lizard it was not mine that, <laughs> you're clear that about thing, that though you're all clear. i know is we came back to class on monday and that lizard was not hanging out on a rock oh no it, it was under the rock oh no oh no we'll never know who killed the chameleon someone knows how someone knows and if they're listening to this podcast right now i want them to bring themselves forward and close this ugly chapter for you mm-hmm. who killed Listen. mr lizard in the manner of friends, I ask you to come forward. There will be no punishment, but accept responsibility for your actions. Did you kill our class lizard? I think it was a chameleon. I might be misremembering the whole thing. I'm pretty sure somebody killed a class pet in second grade is what I'm saying. And I'm on the case. This is the bad kind of brutal. I'm going to figure out who did it. I've got, do you want me to show you the bulletin board with all the yarn and tacks in it? No. It's fine. You could show it to Kyle O'Reilly when he brings his belt around to show you that. Like you can, because he will bring it round to the house of every person in America to show them mm-hmm. if he wins it. And we like knock I'm on the so door excited. and be like, "Hi, excuse me, my name is Kyle O'Reilly, and I just was wondering if I could show you this thing that I achieved." It'd be like, "You, you may, you may," and I, I applaud you, sir. <laughs> and I, I'll buy a chocolate bar. Yeah, like at least two because <laughs> I, would I respect him. Love to support St. Jude's. <laughs> I also want to give Finn a shout out. I nearly put this over, but there were too many things to put over. But like, was anyone else super impressed at how Finn managed to bleed so pretty right across his face? Mm-hmm. Like a Rambo headband? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that was very impressive. Like, he, was like he a, bleeds pretty. 
that was like a Randy Orton gash too. The cat, like the gash was not pretty, but the no. blood, the blood pattern. Yeah, I <laughs> will blood, admit the blood splatter was was very impressive. For as far as stomach turning patches of blood on someone's face go, his was very nicely arranged. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was, was impressed. I was pleased it was with it. I kind of expected there to be color in that match because of what had gone before, um, but I was I was worried about it because again, not keen. Much like Danielle, would rather not see people I like bleed on television for my amusement, um, my supposed amusement. But I thought it was tastefully done. <laughs> Should such a thing <laughs> exist? <laughs> tastefully done. Tastefully done. Sir. Bleeding. Yeah. By the way, this is perfect for a podcast audience, but Julian appears to be tinkering with something right off camera, and I can only assume he's putting together exercise equipment. Julian, will you check in right real quick? <laughs> what are you benching? What's your goal? Your I know your New Year's resolution was how much you're going to bench in 2021. Can you give us a number? To be clear, I was uh, fixing my cuticles because <laughs> the man's got to moisturize. Um, That's right. I don't know. I'm working on functional strength. I don't work on. I don't work on numbers. Ooh, oh, he's not trying. He's not going for presentational. Yeah, Julian going for functional. It I just gotta happens that way. I got to carry boxes in a few in a few months to like get the hell out of this apartment I live in. So you know, like, I'm working on that. Fair enough. All right. Thank you, real life Miles Morales. Appreciate it. (laughs) Now let's get into a bit of Wrestle Kingdom news. Lindsay, you've called him the Elven Prince, the Golden Lover, but henceforth and forevermore, Kota Ibushi can be known as the champ champ of New Japan. And this is after he won and defended the honor in back-to-back nights. He's not just an Elven Prince anymore. He is, as he has been quite clear about, he is a god. If not actually mm. just God. I don't think he's even saying a God. I believe we're just going with, I'm God now, motherfuckers. Uh, and you know what? When a man says he's going to do something and he does it, someone who was raised with my father is very confused by that kind of action following a statement. So to see it happen is mind-blowing to me. Um, but yes, he's a God now. Um, he has the Intercontinental Championship belt and the heavyweight belt. He beat Naito in night one in what I thought was a fantastic match. He beat Jay White night two in what I thought was a long match, um, mostly. Um, it wasn't my favorite Wrestle Kingdom of all time. It did give me my favorite Wrestle Kingdom result of all time. Um, mm-hmm. The second match, I, the Jay White match, I did enjoy from the storytelling perspective. I think if you watch, if you watch all of Kota's run from the G1 to now, it is such a brilliant story, which we would expect nothing else from Ibushi. It's so great. And for that Jay White match, like the psychology of it was brilliant. Like, you know, Kota had wrestled the night before. He had a real match with Naito, like a hell of a match where they just went for each other because the Naito Kota Ibushi rivalry is one for the ages. They really, 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 really meant it when they fought each other for those belts. So, then to have to face Jay White 24 hours later, Jay did exactly what you expect shit heel Jay White to do, which is to try and tire him down, to wear him out, to mess it with him psychologically, jumping in and out right. the ring, making Kota chase him, making Kota follow him. Obviously, Gato was a dirty, dirty cheat, which we expect him to be. Mm-hmm. And Kota had to face insurmountable odds and still come through. And he did, because he is a god now. Like he said he would be, now I'm only upset that I personally will not live to see him live to 120. That's what I'm sad about, because he said he's going to do it, and I believe he's going to do it. Um, 
it made me so happy. It made me so happy. Um, it was a fun Wrestle Kingdom. It's two nights now, as everyone I'm sure knows, which started last year, because I don't know if you guys know this, but WrestleMania is super long. Yeah. Really? Super long, yeah. So uh, what Japan, what New Japan realized was they could cut it into their version of WrestleMania into two nights, make double monies, and let everyone have their time. Uh, so it was uh, two nights, which was quite magical, which gave us lots of time to build stories, build rivalries. There were a ton of good matches. There weren't a ton of brilliant matches, but there were good matches. We had uh, Dangerous Techers versus uh, Gorillas of Destiny, which I enjoyed. I know there's been like muted response on social media. I think it lacked enthusiasm because while well, there was a crowd in Japan, because like this wild thing where they all wear masks and wash their hands and do as they're fucking told. So they've only had like 3,500 deaths from COVID. Uh, which is like less than California. By did all you bunch. say? I'm sorry. Did you say Gorillas of Destiny? Gorillas of Destiny. That's such a great. Is it so G U E or is it G O R? Yeah, it's G. It, wait, it's G U E, right? Is it gorilla, 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 like I the think forces, it's gorilla. Gorillas, like my favorite animal. I mean, technically, it's Gorillas, but yeah, Gorillas. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So uh, that was fun because I always like watching Zack Sabre Jr. be a shit. Uh, I think what failed here is that te- Dangerous Techers with Zack Sabre Jr. It's had to be kind of the de facto face because Gorillas of Destiny are bullet clubs. So they're always more villainous than Suzuki Gun. Um, and Zack Sabre Jr. just always has to be a heel. Like, he's English like me. We have to be. It's the only way. <laughs> we have to be snide at best. Um, but I did enjoy it. I enjoyed the Kenta match over Kojima. Um, Kenta looking nice. I like his hair. I, I'll give him that. Um, and the Sonata Evil. I, I like watching when best friends fight. They were best friends and now they're enemies. I like it. I like that a lot. But overall, I just time. really enjoyed it. It gave me six hours of wrestles to watch this week during the daytime when I didn't have to watch democracy collapse and i got i got my i got my kota champ 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 kota i don't want to talk about okada will osprey because i hate will osprey sorry (laughs) that's where i I know it was an amazing match and everyone's like yeah but like let's forget that he's a terrible terrible shit of a human it was a great match like can't though can't forget that though so what about uh takahashi beating ishimori for the iwgp hiromu all day every day hiromu all day every day (laughs) i would need that octopus coat like I love Hiromu. Um, I'm always happy to see him get a belt because he should always have a belt. Uh, he's just that guy that should always have a championship. And what I really enjoyed was uh, really got me giddy was when the commentary team uh, discussed at the end of his match. They're like, well, I guess there's only one place for him to go now, and that's into the heavyweight championship division. I'm like, <laughs> and I got very excited, very excited, because who wouldn't want to see Daryl? as the son of the champ champ who listening to this right now would not want to see daryl the cat with two tiny belts even though i know kota said he's gonna unify the belts which i like a champ champ double belt but that white belt belt. is looking a bit tired i'll give him that so i i I enjoyed it if you have time it's 999 yen to sign up to new japan of course which is great uh and it is worth your time there's some fun matches it's it, was a, it wasn't the best Wrestle Kingdom ever, but it was a great thing to like have on while you did some stuff and then to pause and watch some really fun stuff, really fun matches and watch them set up the storylines for the rest of the year. They're masters at it. They're just so good at it. Uh, so yeah, all hail my new god, uh, Kotobuchi. 
He's a pretty god. Yes, so he is. Like a masterpiece, actually. Like you a know, genuine human masterpiece. Lindsay, before no. we head to the break. No. It's no. 2021. We've been we've been away for a couple weeks. I know we've had episodes in the meantime, but we haven't gotten back into our groove and we couldn't have an episode. We wouldn't deny our listeners the joy of the update of what's happening in that red hot women's division over at AEW. Lindsay, what's the scoop? So I didn't watch AEW this week because Wednesday was a whole day. It sure was. I don't know if everyone knows. Wednesday was a whole day. Um, and aside from the fact that I lost many hours, many working hours of the day watching uh, idiots try and destroy my country, um, mm-hmm. I just like could, couldn't work during those hours, so I had to make up those hours. But also, my act of self-care was to not watch AEW. Um, I saw the ending. I did not see the women's match. I've read about the women's match. Not mm-hmm. for me. I'm, I'm not for me. Um, vampire biting. It didn't work with Shayna Baszler. It's not going to work here. So, uh, yeah. Also, I, I don't know if I'm contractually obliged to say anything about AEW anymore. I, I've got in trouble. So I, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about AEW ever again. <laughs> ever again. Um, I got in trouble from someone who blatantly does not and has never listened to this podcast and will never hear this. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't have anything. I'm going to have to go revert to a mother's rule as if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Because uh, um, that's that's the thing that happened. So I don't know, Hal. You tell me what happened in the AEW women's division this week. There was one match. Danielle, what did you see that you liked this week at AEW? Oh, yeah. No, there was a coup. Um, I didn't even mm-hmm. watch Wrestle Kingdom because I usually uh, attempt to catch up on my wrestles on Wednesday and Thursday. Um, but instead, something historically terrible was happening. Um, so I watched NXT and it made me supremely happy. Um, and then I watched a couple clips. I will say, I guess Snoop tried to wrestle. Oh, Snoop. Uh, watching him on the top turnbuckle yelling to get when he was telling them to, to to position his victim he it looked like the videos of him yelling at danny green during the nba finals <laughs> those are the best like forget all the music snoops put out him him mad at the lakers after they lose a game is the best thing he will ever put out in any media media form and that's saying a lot he's because you uh, never is, see him mad yeah, you never see him mad. He's the too emo- high to like, be mad. That's the law. So so smooth, so mellow as a rapper. And then he's just like, fuck he's, you. Look, he's very busy with Martha Stewart enjoying yeah. the green stuff. I've seen it on the commercial. That's what they call mm-hmm. it. That's the queso. Uh, why would you be mad? He's got nothing to be mad about. Because you know what? I know that anger. <laughs> Snoop, Calvin, if I may. It's, you may it's not. me. It's me, Halvin. <laughs> You know, from the Council of Rhyming Names, I understand how you feel. I understand. I understand that frustration. So you go ahead and be mad and you go ahead and express yourself. It's a beautiful thing. We, I mean, the main thing is the Bullet Club, the reforming of the Bullet Club. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that brothers. I guess I'm interested in because doesn't New Japan still own that? Um, I believe they own Bullet Club, right? So the 
they're calling it the reunion of the elite, um, although it's not. <laughs> but that's what I saw John Callis and uh, Kenny calling it in their promo afterwards, recorded afterwards, although I guess that's more to do with the Bucks rejoining them. But I guess they can't call it Bullet Club. They're going to get in trouble for using the Wolfpack sign, one assumes, because WWE told them off for that before. Mm-hmm. But I guess they were like, hey, you know what? There was a coup today. Let's just fucking try it and see what happens. You know, ask forgiveness later. Um, I, I'm not mad about that. Like, I'm excited to see the Good Brothers back with Kenny, and I'm excited to see the Bucks do something fun. Um, I'm excited in general. The, the match with Ray, I, I did see a little bit of it and thought that was great, which it should be. Mm-hmm. They're two fantastic wrestlers. Mm-hmm. That's totally yeah. worth your time. Um I can't, I can't watch Impact, you guys, because of the TJP of it all. And I know that makes me a hypocrite because I watch New Japan despite the Osprey and other assorted issues of it all. But fucking TJP. Just there are so few people on this earth who piss me off as much as that man. <laughs> I cannot bear it. I cannot bear it. So, speaking of people who are out there defending the uh, loyal patriots who were attempting to take back our country the other day on the internets. Yeah, Jack, while you're, while you're suspending people from Twitter, I got a couple of names for you. Um, but yeah, I can't with the TJP. I can't. So I'm going to need the Good Brothers to keep coming over to AEW if they expect me to keep up with that, basically. I think they know that, right? And TJP I think they can know. have fun with Kevin Sorbo <laughs> all the live long day. Zena for life. Okay, if you have anything to say about what we've discussed so far, the conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord. When we come back, we're going to pay our respects to Brody Lee. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Hey, I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. Together, we're The Flophouse. A podcast where we watch a bad movie and then talk about it. Movies like Space Hobos, Into the Outer Reaches of the Unknown and the Things That We Don't Know, the movie, and also, Who's That Grandma? Zazzle Zippers, Breakdown 2, and Backhanded Compliment. Elvis is a Policeman. Baby Crocodile and the Happy Twins. Leftover Potatoes? Station Wagon 3. Herbie Goes to Hell. New episodes available every other Saturday. Available at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye! Bye. Ties and Bites Podcast. Ties and Bites. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin and I'm joined today by... Danielle Rafford. And... Lindsay Kelk. This week we're going to give one corner of wrestling some extra attention. This is our main event. You knew him as Brody Lee, the leader of the Dark Order in AEW, and Luke Harper, member of the Wyatt family in WWE. In real life, he was John Huber, a star gone entirely too soon. We heard the last few weeks from tons of people across wrestling who knew him and loved him after he died suddenly on December 26th. I think I heard about this from our text thread. That was where I picked it up. And it uh, it was really bizarre to hear. Just wasn't the, like, of the names that you hear of celebrities or people in the wrestling community who 
not that any any loss of life early is a shock. This one felt extra surprising for whatever reason. And not knowing one of the silver linings of a very dark cloud is learning what a great human being he he was. There are so many wrestlers whose legacy and, and how people remember them are mostly about what they did in the ring and what they contributed to the business. And that's great, and that's that's not a bad legacy to have. But the fact that almost every story about him was about his love for his family and his ability to see wrestling as something he loved that was his job and that his life was was his his family was just a really uh, the heartwarming thing to hear, that he had a life well-lived even though it was too short-lived. What were your thoughts when you heard and, and how did you hear? Because I, I think I heard it from one of you. I think I heard it on Twitter was um, the first time I heard it because I think that's when people first started kind of talking about it. And at first it becomes that thing where you have to kind of hunt it down because um, you're not sure what people are talking about. And yeah. um, it was shocking, I think, just because it came out of nowhere for most of us. Um, so it was a huge shock. And I have to agree, I think that one of the most striking parts of of all of this or one of the most beautiful parts has been the way that his colleagues have really come out about just what a great person he was um hearing stories about him believing in someone so much that he bought ring gear for them you know uh hearing stories about all of the, the, you know, how he was always the one that was like, let's go exploring, talk about curiosity, like, let's go exploring, let's, um, we're in a place I've never been, let's go see what this is all about, and always being the one who was willing to do, um, to, to, to go out and, um, be with the guys and see things, and, and obviously people talking about, like, pranks and, and different parts of the wrestling culture, but it was, yeah, you know, obviously you do get with when people pass a lot of like, this was my favorite match and that was my favorite match and I really loved this. It was really about the man and what just a good person he was. And that really struck me because, I, you know, it, it's being a great wrestler is fantastic and amazing. And you'll be remembered for that forever. Being a great person's a lot harder. It sounds like he was that for not just one or two people, but he was that for the industry. And that is, you know, it's a huge loss to a whole industry full of folks. Yeah, I I would uh, just second all of that. It was the first time that I can remember seeing such an overwhelming outpouring of love for the man and not just for what he did and what he achieved professionally. Like Big E's constant stream of stories had me in tears. Mm uh that he would have so many um and i think back to every podcast mention i've ever heard of him from supposed other wrestling podcasts um and it's always how much he lo- he's loved out so how much people sought him out in the locker room but also like that very puckish sense of humor that he seems to have had that everyone had a story about how he was a shitster or how he would you know like let's just stir something up for lols and see what happens and then, <laughs> but it was never seemed to be mean-spirited like the fact that everyone is just this epic epic outpouring of love and i think people that knew him best in wwe you know he was the very stoic character and then when he moved over to aew he was this hard ass leader so I do like encourage everyone to go and seek out the tribute episode of Being the Elite 
um, in which members of the Dark Order and the AEW roster uh, share some stories of behind the scenes um, of bits that he did on Being the Elite where he was able to show a, com- a more comic side and it's so funny and they, they're talking about it. they show the clip and then they talk about it um, and they're saying how like a lot of the time you can see that they're breaking like they can't not laugh because he's so good and that whenever you see a being the elite where he's shouting in someone's face when Brody Lee is shouting in someone's face going like are you crying are you crying it's because they're laughing and it's the only way they can get through the bit because they've already done so many takes that they just had to pretend they were crying because he's making everyone laugh and then there are a bunch of outtakes where they have him giggling in the background at other people's bits because he can't not laugh because it just seems like he was someone who was super full of joy. Um, and what a fucking loss, because this is not always an industry that's full of joy. It's not its most known emotion. Uh, so I do recommend you go check that out. It made me want to throw papers in someone's face. Um, and <laughs> in the most loving way possible. In the most loving way possible. Yeah, like maybe some tissue at my cat. Like, <laughs> like I'm going to roll <laughs> up a bowl of tissue and like throw it lightly at my cat. And he would be like, thank you, I respect that. Cat does like wrestling. <laughs> Always watches. Um, it, yeah, I just... It was a real fucking kick. I, I saw it in our text chain. It was Julian uh, alerted me to it. And I just... Like, I had to go and find Jeff. I, I was like really glad I wasn't on my own because it was really shockingly sad news that I could not have anticipated uh, how I would react to it. I don't know if it was the holidays and because it's 2020 and because of everything else. Like, I didn't know him. I never met him. I know a couple of people that have met him and they only have positive things to say about him. I have a friend who writes for a film website who interviewed him when he had that part in a movie a couple of years ago. uh, And he he had texted me and said, oh, I'm, I'm interviewing this guy who used to be a wrestler. I'm like, he is a wrestler. But he was like, oh, he used to be a wrestler and now he's in this movie. What should I ask him? And I'm like, oh my God, he's supposed to be so great. Like, tell me everything. And he texted me afterwards and was like, oh my God, he was so wonderful and warm and generous in his interview. Uh, and he got a new fan that day uh, from someone who doesn't watch wrestling at all. He went and watched a bunch of his matches. My only interaction awesome. with the Wyatt family and um, Brody was at WrestleMania 30 and I was there I was writing uh, for, I want to say Cosmo, which feels weird, but I think it's true. Um, But I was writing about WrestleMania and uh, we were backstage at Access and we were supposed to talk to the Wyatt family um, and they were doing a signing and they actually let the signing go over because so many people wanted to meet them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we they were like, well, sorry, we have to let the fans take precedent over precedent. It's like, yeah, of course, like totally get that. Um, and the three of them were sat up on the on the dais the dais um signing and they had like a stack of red bulls at the side of them and they just looked they were laughing and joking they were hugging everybody like it genuinely looked like people who were having such a good time to the point where i i posted this on twitter and i think i posted it in our group i did get my camera out and take a quick pic of the three of them because you don't see that very often when people are at access and when wrestlers are doing signings and they had been signing for a long time at that point. Wrestlers, it's not always their favorite part of the job. But they had so much enthusiasm and joy that I took this photo because I'm like, oh, look how like a great time they're having. I want to like remember this. Um, and then, as you know, historically, our listeners know, we, we spoke to Dean Ambrose instead and uh, we had a very different... <laughs> experience which made me appreciate the Wyatt family's enthusiasm even more um 
But yeah, he just, it's a loss, man. Like so much talent, so much talent. And you know, it's easy to say underappreciated and not, you know, shown to its full potential, but it sounds to me like a life well lived, uh, mm-hmm. which is the best that any of us can hope for, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Lindsay, you just talk about um, getting to interview them. I was thinking the other day, like why we didn't see all of these videos of like people hanging out with Luke Harper. And I realized, oh, a lot of people were respecting the gimmick a lot. Like for a while, the why it's like WWE loves to put anybody on TV whenever they get interviewed by mainstream sources, they'll at least push it on Twitter and stuff. They, whenever Wyatt or, or Rowan or Harper would do interviews, they were never like, they wouldn't uh, push it on social media because they seem to be the only ones who would like, we're, you guys are a spooky cult. You don't give interviews. We're going to like try and preserve that as much as we possibly can for the sake of show business. And I just like, it's crazy. That's why I think we've gotten this big flood because now everybody's like, you know what, let's just, we have to put it all out there. There's so many moments that we didn't share with the guy that we need to just put it all out there right now. Yeah. 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 And they were, how great were they in that role? How great, how great were the fucking Wyatt family? Like, I want to talk about how great John Huber was. And I thought it, I was so happy when he was revealed to be the exalted one. Like, that was one of my AEW highlights. I've loved his work as Brody Lee. Um, mm-hmm. I, but the fucking Wyatt family, man. When I found him, he was lost. Nothing but. Broken memories. What do you give a man that has nothing? Nothing. I gave him a reason. A reason. To exist. I fixed him. I fixed him. And now I send him out to your world. As a wolf amongst the monsters. I hunt Luke Harper and piece myself back together Luke Harper with pieces of you I said free no one since Bruce Willis has rocked a dirty vest as well as that man (laughs) and no one ever will so retire it now if you have not already revisited there and there are a lot of playlists on on the WWE network and there are of course other ways to find clips but if you want a sense of how good he he was in addition to his recent work go back and watch I think it's a I think it was a series of three three straight pay-per-views in the summer to fall of 2014 where the Wyatts where it was Rowan and Harper against the Usos over the the tag belts which I don't think they ever won from them but that series of matches are so good all four of them are excellent but in particular it just shows how again how versatile a performer he was to be able to work you know to work with smaller faster guys and not just be a lumbering giant like he he moved well he and, and mm-hmm. Rowan still does mm-hmm. just they're they're he was an incredible performer, and then and then the end of that year, he they split off, and he won the Intercontinental Title. So I don't think we got to see 
his best as a singles performer or as a performer in general in WWE. Those matches are just really good examples of his work. I think Jericho in his tribute made a very good point, which was you got to see in the time that he was in AEW the star that he that he was. Like he yeah. reached that potential, at least to see this guy is a main event money drawing performer, even if even if we never got to see how high he could have taken that. Mm-hmm. At least the the wrestling fandom got to know what he was capable of, at least a sliver of it. Yeah. Danielle, are there are there performances of his in ring that stand out to you? Anything you want to share? Um, not any particular performance. I, it's mostly, I think, a lot of people are kind of these, you depend on them, they're workhorses, you know that they can do anything and you can always heat them back up or drop them back down. It's like when they did the Bludgeon Brothers or any of those, right. where you know that someone is so talented and they make everyone look so good. And you're right, because in WWE, I think we all were like, let them let them go, let them do things. They're better than maybe some of the stuff that we're seeing from them and we would like to see them really, really let loose. And when they did, it was great. Um but and I, I think I'm also I might talk about this later when we put someone over uh, or where we're putting stuff over. But it's just a case of um, I don't know if this sounds weird, but it was really nice to have someone be humanized on that level and have them be appreciated for their ability to not only be amazingly talented, especially for a big dude, mm-hmm. um, to be so 360 versatile, good on the mic, good with all kinds of wrestlers, fast as crap, um, but also just appreciating that at every level these guys are here for each other and with each other and just because they're not the one you know selling you cereal that doesn't mean that they aren't in the back being for the people that they work with what those people selling you cereal or selling you other things might be in your face if that makes sense yeah just like being a backbone absolutely any final thoughts anybody has on John Huber, the man and the entertainer? I mean, just would that we all can be met with that much love at the end mm-hmm. of our lives. You know, I know that's like super maudlin to say, but uh, I, I mean, yeah, let's. you could pick matches all day. There's a million lists online. I went back and watched a few of them. And I had forgotten how good he was because I had yeah. for, I had switched over to Brody Lee so quickly that I had mm-hmm. forgotten Luke Harper, you know, and like that ladder match with Dolph Ziggler. He did a ladder match, you guys. He's a yeah. million feet tall and he had an amazing ladder match. Um, yeah. That's that doesn't that shouldn't be a thing that he should be clumsy and awkward and not able to move up ladders and against Dolph, who is super athletic. That doesn't make sense. But he had an amazing ladder match like the Wyatt Family Shield series. Go back and watch that. And it's like so good but i i'm i'm still sad i'm not gonna be sad now because i think we've all agreed that we're gonna celebrate this life with love um but yeah the the outpouring of love the the way that everyone has embraced his family because of how they saw him embrace his family you know like that doesn't happen unless he set that standard people don't do what they've done for people left behind in this industry all that often sorry it's true it's true it's been remarkable to see and i really hope that if nothing else uh we get a few kind of people out of this maybe some people think hey that's the kind of legacy i would like to leave yeah if you have any thoughts on what we've discussed or favorite 
Brody Lee slash Luke Harper slash John Huber memories. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord via the links in our show notes. We'll be back after this with some things from the wrestling world that you should know about. This is Tyson Fights. I started listening to Ono, Ross, and Carrie shortly after I broke my arm. I couldn't get my book started. I was lost, honestly. I knew it was time to make a change. There's something about Ono, Ross, and Carrie that you just can't get anywhere else. They're thought leaders, discoverers, founders. I'd call them heroes. Ross and Carrie don't just report on French science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal. They take part themselves. They show up so you don't have to. But you might find that you want to. My arm is better. I wrote an entire book this weekend. It's terrible, but I did it. Just go to MaximumFun.org. Thank Thank you, Ross Ross and Carrie. Owner Ross and Carrie is just a podcast. It doesn't do anything. It's just sounds you listen to in your ears. All these people are made up. Goodbye. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by... Daniel Radford. And... Lindsay Kelk. This week, we want to end the show by sharing some of the joy of wrestling with you. This is The Three Count. It's a remix. Remix? What? Papalio was the word. Danielle... What do you want to put over? I'm putting over Foxy, Alicia Fox. I didn't watch the Legends thing on Monday. Uh, Y'all know why. I don't have to tell you. But I didn't watch it on Monday. Um, It was a different kind of coup. And, um, (laughs) but there was, uh, I don't necessarily always, I'm kind of out of the loop, honestly, when it comes to a lot of stuff on Wrestle Twitter. Like, people will be talking about stuff. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I did happen to catch a whiff of the, how dare you call Alicia Fox a legend? Uh, how fucking dare you? Talking about people who have been the backbone of divisions and have been locker room leaders. We are talking about Alicia Fox. And so Ashton Starr, um, who we love and who is amazing, posted this clip that's just a bunch of her doing some like doing moves. It's basically just like a almost like a fan cam. Um, and you forget how wide and varied her move set was and how much she really could do. And she could compete with any of the women now that are in WWE or any of the women or any in the, any of the women's divisions. Um, so that I, I'll Julian has a link to that if you want to see the video that I'm watching because it will pump your heart going it will make you want to get up and punch a bear um it's it's amazing and she is a, an amazing wrestler but he wasn't the only one who said things so I want to quote like a couple um of people who said so Valentina Loca said about her during an opportunity to be an extra myself I found myself in catering alone not knowing where to sit I was planning to take a plate back to the extras dressing room before she saw me and invited me to sit with her was always super grateful for that and then a boy Mustafa Ali said, I saw Alicia Foxy yesterday and wanted to tell everyone how incredible this woman is. The first time I was invited as an extra local talent to TV, I had no idea where, what to do or where to go. Foxy realized this just by the look on my face. She walked up to me and said, I got you. Um, I've said this before many times. Um, I... I'm so happy when people get their flowers after they've passed. I want us to do more giving people their flowers while they're here. And so um, I'm giving Foxy her flowers. And to everyone who was like, Foxy's not a legend, you can go suck a dick. Lindsay? I I mean, I kind of just want to agree with Danielle, though. 
I do too. I, <laughs> I also love agree. me some Fox. Uh, uh, Northern Lights suplex. Um, but instead, uh, I, it's just what I put over everyone who's doing amazing promo work right now. We're going to give a special shout out to one particular, but I do want to give an honorable mention to Biggie, uh, which if we were recording on when this had happened, Biggie's promo about uh, building a not only a co- complex of condos, but also a community pool uh, on Sami Zayn's butt. Because uh, he was going to go to work on that boy's butt. I just go and if you're having a rough moment, and we all are now and then, go and find that promo and allow yourself joy. Um, but what I want to put over now is a promo that is a career defining promo, I think, and possibly career altering promo from Jay White at the end of uh, Wrestle Kingdom. And after his match at Wrestle Kingdom with Kota Ibushi, Julian has the clip. I was wrong. I guess it wasn't my destiny. Last year, no, it wasn't. Was it this year? No. Still, it still wasn't my, my, it still, it still wasn't my new era. I'll give you that this plays better with the video. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) it's honestly, incredible i i dislike jay white i've never been a big jay white fan and i've had he's had heel heat which he wanted but i've also had that kind of like i just don't always like you um and i don't really know why it's just like i don't like you it was feels a little bit like the seth rollins of new japan to me and i I, and that's a compliment or an insult take it as you like it um but that the match and this story with kojo i thought was fantastic and then that promo was so good so good and his contract is set to expire so obviously him saying he's done with new japan in a promo post wrestle kingdom after his loss uh sets tongs a wagon apparently wwe have made him a handsome offer would be fascinating he is a guy that would do amazing in nxt and then do amazing in the main roster he really is he can do everything he looks great we're gonna need to talk about that beard but he looks great he's great on the mic he's fantastic in ring uh, I, he would be a massive, massive asset for WWE if they're looking for fresh blood. Uh, and I just don't know. He, he, he's expressed in the past that he has no interest in going to WWE, but everyone's interested in the money. So who knows? Who knows? The following night at New Year's Dash, he was pinned in a multi-man match uh, and he just left. Didn't cut a pro, didn't say anything, just got pinned and fucked the fuck out. So... All eyes on Jay White. Like it's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens next. Keep your eyes peeled. Well, it's my birthday, so I'm gonna put over two things. Woo! Number one, I would have put over a big swole on Twitter, Oof. dunking on on reports of Hogan saying people look people don't like seeing me backstage. Uh, that's great. Second of all, because it's my birthday, I want to invite you to watch my favorite match of all time, which is from 1987 in the Pontiac Silverdome, WrestleMania three. Macho Man Randy Savage versus Ricky Steamboat for the Intercontinental title. The culmination of, of a month-long feud in which Randy Savage drove a ring bell into Ricky Steamboat's throat. You thought he was done. Ten-year-old me sure did. But he came back and won the title there. It is one of the greatest matches of all time. It is my personal favorite match of all time. And still, 33 years later, 34 years almost later... It holds up and is still great wrestling. A great wrestling match is a great wrestling match no matter what era it's in. I highly encourage you to check that out. 
That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Lindsay Kelk and Danielle Radford, along with me, Hal Loveland, who you can follow all over social media, Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok. Woo! <laughs> yeah, I'm making TikTok videos. Are they good? I don't know. How do you judge quality on that site? You can't. Just go check it out. Throw me a follow if you want. I'm at Hal Loveland on there. That's that's what I got for you. Danielle? <laughs> Um, yeah, just find me on um, uh, 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 Danielle Radford on most things. If not, probably Danielle underscore Radford. I don't know. Look for the purple hair. It's probably me. Uh, unless it's not me and she says something awful. Uh, and then it wasn't me. Um, <laughs> things. Yeah, keep watching those honest trailers. Um, I've got some. I'm going to be doing some fun um, tabletop RPG stuff. I've got a show that I do every Monday. You can find that on my Twitter. I plug all this stuff there. Um, but I've got some fun stuff coming up. So if you like tabletop, keep an eye out. Lindsay. I'm books, man. Um, writing books. <laughs> I'm writing books all the time for several hours a day. Um, books that you can check out from your library or download to your uh, devices or buy from stores. And I have a beauty podcast, Should You Feel So Inclined, full coverage. That's still a thing that's mm. happening. We just did some really fun interviews, actually. So we have great content coming up. Uh, and I'm on social media also because, as I mentioned, I spend several hours a day writing books. You know, you do that on a computer. You know what else is on a computer? Social media. Guess who's there? Is me, <laughs> at Lindsay Kelt. It's, it's you. Our producer is the Black Sea King, Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Links to all of those are in our show notes. If you love what we do, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. Bigger nation of conversation in 2021. Woo! Thank you so much to the Max Fund members who make this show possible. You know our t-shirt's still available. If you don't have it, you should get it. It's great. We'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported